0: Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host as always Amir Farrell with my co-host Jordan Lopez. Um, J-Mac cannot join us today. Um, he's a little caught up and busy. Um, it's been a while since we've had him on the show. I uh, can't wait to have him back on uh, you know, Sunday and get the, get the game back uh, together. But Jordan, it's great to have you on the show as always my brother. Um, We have a great episode lineup for all of you guys today. Obviously, our weekly uh, thing before games, we do our game preview, all of our predictions, players to watch, um, everything that you should be looking out for in this game, keys to victory. Um, and then, you know, predictions like I said for the score, um, offensive, defensive player of the game for the Broncos side of things. But um, as we uh, kind of are just days away, forty-eight hours away from this Denver Broncos uh, loss, or excuse me, Washington Commanders matchup in week two, um, join. how are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good about the game. I'm feeling good about this weekend. I think we have a, a great chance in uh, going one on one heading into my hometown. Uh, South Florida after and uh, playing uh, the Dolphins week three, so should be a good weekend for Broncos country.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm really. This episode is brought to
1: you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage
0: all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. excited i i I feel really good about this game this week um last week i didn't have like a whole lot of optimism um just because you know it's a rival really games can really go any way um especially when you're playing the raiders and chargers but um I'm, I'm really optimistic about this week. I think uh, we're getting a lot of good key pieces back, which by the way, is a great <laughs> intro into our next segment. Your guy, Mr. Number 10, Jerry Judy is back in the lineup, man. We are so excited to watch him play this Sunday. There's so many like lack of explosive plays last week that you can clearly tell that Sean Payne wants Jerry Judy to be a huge piece of the offense. And, the fact that they—I'm not saying that Sean Payton wasn't prepared—but like you could just tell the lack of presence in that receiving game with without Jerry Judy last week. I mean, there's just a clear like separation between and margin between him and Brandon Johnson and Marvin Mims. Um, I really, you know, do believe that. And um, just for this week in the injury report, uh, tight end Greg Dulcich and outside linebacker Frank Clark have been ruled out after not practicing the last two days. Um, hamps- it's going to be a hamstring for Greg Dulcich. Uh, like multiple reports have said, he's going to be missing. Uh, quote several weeks but he is on the side field so he could be back sooner than we're expected obviously he hasn't been placed in the short term ir so i don't know how accurate that several weeks report is they said the same thing for judy and only took him like two weeks so um yeah then frank clark uh dealt with that he's dealing with the hip injury that he suffered in wednesday's practice um then thursday he did not practice and today friday he did not practice either so he will be out we're expecting nick Nito to step up big time this sunday um as well as Jonathan Cooper and those other guys. Thomas Encombe, our a uh, rookie undrafted free agent, he's gonna have to step up big this week. He's gonna get some snaps. Uh, and obviously not a high snap count, but he's gonna be get some looks on, you know, first, second down. Um uh receiver jerry judy like i said hamstring he was a full practice on thursday and uh, today on friday he is good to go um and also the the crazy thing about it is um there's a force coming out from uh, zach stevens uh via dmvr he said that there there will be no uh kind of like snap restrictions or any sla- snap limits with him he's going to be 100% ready to go full throttle in this receiving game so uh, i'm excited to see that then dj jones and Riley Moss, both full practices the last few days. Um, Riley Moss at the Abdon, he had a core surgery a few weeks ago, actually about, about over a month ago, and he is full practice. So out of nowhere, I was expecting him to miss more time. We talked about it in our, our uh, live stream yesterday. But um, how are you feeling about Riley Moss? Potentially, um, he's expected to play Sunday, and this is going to be his first football game all the way since uh, his time in Iowa. So how are you feeling about him getting uh, you know, a few snaps in, uh, on Sunday?
1: Yeah, we were a bit surprised that he was a full goal on Thursday. Even more surprised that he was a full goal on Friday, that he stacked these days up together like this. Uh, we need Riley Moss. I can tell you that. We need Riley Moss. Uh, I think he's going to contribute right away. I think he's uh, way too talented to not to contribute right away. He had a great rookie mini training camp before he got hurt. So I cannot wait to see Riley Moss out there. I'm, I was really big on him in the NFL draft process. I'm glad we drafted him, and now here. Here he is making his uh, season debut, his NFL debut in general, uh, against the Washington Commanders.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of Broncos fans are excited about uh, Riley Moss. Um, obviously, after especially after Damari Mathis' poor, poor performance in Week 1, I do expect him to bounce back this week, even against a talented wide receiver core in Washington. But... Um, I have high expectations for Damari Mathis over the course of the season. I'm not too sure that Riley Moss could steal that job away from him. Like Broncos fans think that, that he can. Um, I mean, he can, but I just don't think it's going to happen this soon. Um, I think he could be a contributor if they want to put him in the nickel, the outside as well. Um, but I think Jaquan McMillan, we talked a lot about it in our, you know, one of our episodes uh, a few days ago, I think he should be easily the first option. You know, once Demari Mathis is rotated out, um, they should have him active this week. Still don't know why he wasn't active last week. Um, I want to see McMillan be a part of the secondary this week. Um, not just put all the pressure on Demari Mathis. It didn't make too much sense. Like he was struggling and they just kept him in there. And, um, you know, I know it's way too early to bench players and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have benched him, but I think a rotation at that point would have made sense. But to be fair, they really only had Fabian Moreau who was getting a little bit time in the inside. Um, And then they also had Tremont Smith, who didn't really get much playing time in the secondary, mainly on special teams. So um, I would like to see those two guys, Riley Moss and Jaquan McMillan, be a part of the secondary. Uh, Not do too much with Riley Moss. I don't want them to overwhelm him in his NFL debut. Um, Like I said in our live stream yesterday, uh, for those of you guys that tuned in, um, this is going to be the first time he's taking full-on contact besides practice this week and last week, all the way since the University of Iowa. So I'm a little bit concerned about this. This is the first game he's played in a while and the corner position is very difficult to play and he is not you know he I'm not too sure if he's ready for some of the you know fastest receivers in the world um and you know some of the most talented you know being uh, Curtis Samuel a lot of experience Terry, Terry McLaurin a lot of experience um and then Jahan Dotson uh he could have a sophomore breakout so um those are a lot of talented guys at the receiving core so I don't want them to overwhelm him obviously um, but I want it to be a rotational basis especially if Damari Mathis struggles a little early
1: yeah, I think they're going to ease him in into the game. Yeah. I think they'll just throw him into the Wolves like that. I mean, it would be smart, too, at least if, uh, you know, just us thinking about it. I'm expecting a big game out of Riley Moss, by the way, just as it's a season really? debut. I know he's not going to play as much, but I think just the length that he has, that corner, he's uh, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I really think he is. Just that cornerback room and then Riley Moss in it, think this defense needs a little spark especially not having much great of a game against the Raiders I think Riley Moss is going to provide that again I know he's not going to play a lot but I do expect for him to have a good game when he's out there
0: I know you made a bold take that Forsyth steals a uh, Lloyd Cushenberry spot at the center position uh sometime this season do you think Riley Moss could do the same in just his rookie year uh to Damari Mathis
1: uh I do and I would wow. use, I think I called that back when he wasn't even a Bronco. I called that back when I was doing the top five targets for corners on predominant oh, yeah. orange. I can and vouch. I, and I said uh he will be starting alongside Pat Sertan. So yeah, I am projecting that to be. I don't think it'd be this year if it does something eve something either went really bad or something went really good. Nothing in between. Because that means Riley Moss just played his ass off, or that means that Damari Mathis is not playing great at all. So we'll see how that plays out. I do expect both of those guys as my hot take um, people to take over those starting spots. But yeah, I mean, that's how highly I think of Riley Moss.
0: Yeah, I uh, I doubted J Mac when he uh, said J Coop would beat out Frank Clark for the starting job, and look how I look, I look like a clown now. So, hey Amen. No comment. Uh, if Riley Moss takes the job, I didn't say anything. So, <laughs> uh, but I still have I still have faith in Demari Mathis. I mean, he was so good last year towards yeah. the end. I mean, I would love to see him bounce back. And the more good corners the Broncos can have, I mean, if all of them could be starting caliber, I think very highly. I I think I'm I think the highly the highest of Jaquan McMillan out of all of our hosts. Um, I think he could be a legit legitimate starter one day for us but um you know aside from that you can never have too many good dbs and i think there's a very bright uh future for the secondary even though we've had our question marks uh throughout the preseason with Traymon uh smith and then um you know not having the prettiest depth and demari mathis poor season debut but there's a bright future in the secondary obviously with pastor tan um you know like i said in our last episode uh obviously those guys are going to get a lot of targets so they get a little bit too much hate but um Next, uh, after our injury report, um, let's just go ahead and talk about the keys to victory how the Broncos can go one and one and avoid going zero and two Because I know we can all agree on this the Broncos cannot afford to drop to zero and two Especially to Raiders and commanders. That will be a horrible look on the season I if we lose I can already see the, the fans throw, uh, you know, pushing the panic button if they haven't already I see a lot of fans already panicking But um, if we start off zero and two under Sean Payton and you know this revamped Russell Wilson It is not gonna look pretty from uh, here on out i mean these these are these are like some of the easiest teams we're facing over the season i i really don't think highly of these two teams um the commanders have a really 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 good defensive line though they made you know they wrecked havoc on joshua dobbs and the cardinals o-line last week but um i think there are some areas we can easily exploit this matchup and win by more than just one possession um, i'll go ahead and start off with my first uh keys to key to victory um is containing wide receivers curtis samuel and jahan Dotson. uh there's a reason i don't include mclaurin in there it's because he's he's more than likely actually not more than likely he's guaranteed to be covered by ps2 in this game so i'm not even worried about terry mclaurin i purposely benched him in my fantasy league uh fantasy league because of this um i know for a fact he's gonna get locked up by ps2 um i hope this doesn't this clip doesn't age well but um uh anyway or i hope it does age well but um those guys, I think Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, you have to respect those receivers. They can stretch the field and get, you know, you not even only play, make plays downfield, but I think they can, you know, get yards after catch really well too. And I think uh, Riley Moss, Damari Mathis, and Fabian Moreau, saying Bassey, all those guys are going to have to be ready to play on Sunday.
1: Yeah, especially uh, they cannot have that performance they had against the Raiders. We know that because uh, these uh, commanders receivers are pretty, pretty good. And not only they good... They have the burners on them, so they can uh, have those explosive plays whenever they want. Even though they did not have any explosive plays against the Cardinals um, last game, which is noteworthy. But I do believe that Damari Mathis has to pick it up, and Sang uh all those guys in the secondary, they need to contain these guys and just keep it within the ball uh, ballpark uh, on the defense side of the ball.
0: Yeah, this is one of the fastest receiving cores that the Broncos are going to face all year, and. Yes. Uh, they usually got to be ready for it. I think we have a lot of fast DBs, so um, I'm not too worried about those matchups, but I think it is one to look out for. Um, and, you know, you, we're talking about the commanders, you know, receiving core, but I just want to touch a little bit on uh, the commander's defense. I mean, last year they ranked the seventh best in points allowed, uh, 343. Um, and, yeah, and points allowed. Uh, fourth best in percentage of drives, ending in an offensive score at 315 half fourth best in yards allowed 5178 32nd and first downs allowed so that's kind of like a bend don't break type deal like where they don't allow a whole bunch of points but they do hold a lot of you know allow a bunch of first downs so they're really good red zone d um they're the fourth best um or excuse me, they're the and he, they held opponents the lowest third down conversion rate with 31.9% uh, in the NFL. So they're just the definition of a bend don't break defense. They have a lot of the same guys, you know, with that uh, continuing on with Jack Del Rio's defense from last year to this year. So it's a, a very similar unit. Um, also, they're getting Chase Young back this Sunday, making his uh, season debut, of course, against the Broncos. Um, We all kind of always see this where players always come back from the injuries always happens to be against the Broncos. So that defensive line is insane. They only had three sacks last week, but they had a lot of pressures on Joshua Dobbs. So um, their defense is going to be a very tough task for the Broncos. Um, And I think uh, for the Broncos defensive side of the thing, my next key to victory is closing the run lanes quickly. Contain Sam Howell in the pocket. That's my biggest one of my biggest keys to victory because he was making he was making plays, um, you know, with his legs last week. He you know, I mentioned at one of our episodes but sam Howell actually looks up to and he models his game after russell wilson he uh said in one of his podcast interviews um he really uh idolizes russell wilson in his game and uh watched a lot of his film. so uh he kind of you know possesses that same kind of play style where he you know makes plays and extends plays with his legs he did it uh last week he had a rushing touchdown um against the cardinals um, he made some impressive plays with his legs uh, as well in that season opener. So I think uh, can closing those run gaps, making Sam Howell beat you with his arm, I think the Broncos, they don't even have to have a great game with their offense. Uh, as long as they can you know close the run gaps uh, from Sam Howell, don't let him make too many plays with his legs, I think they can easily win this game, even if our offense doesn't like ball out.
1: Yeah, I think you made a great point with making him beat you with it, with his arm. Uh, According to PFF, he had a 0% big-time throw percentage against the Cardinals. And Russell Wilson, last game when our offense had no big-time plays, he still even had 2% of it. So Sam Howell literally had zero uh, last game, so just contain him. At that point, he had 4% of turnover-worthy plays, so just continue to pressuring him because when he's pressured or when he's under pressure, I I should say, his passer rating is at a 75. And just to put that into context – Russell Wilson, when he was under pressure, his passing rating was 135. So we need to put the pressure on Sam Howell. Hopefully our pass rushers get to the quarterback a bit more than they did against the Raiders, so that would be key.
0: Yeah, and then uh, going to the the Broncos' offensive side of things, my last two keys to victory, uh, make Jerry Judy the focal point of the offense. I don't think the commanders are going to be able to contain him. I don't think they're going to be ready for him. Um, I think a lot of people are talking about having Kendall Fuller line up against him. I think it'll be a mix between him and Forbes, but I think Forbes is going to be mainly on him. And the reason I say that is because I just don't see them putting Emmanuel Forbes on the 6'4 Cortland Sutton. And if you guys don't know, Emmanuel Forbes is out of Mississippi state, their first round pick incredible corner. I love, I love his game so, so much, but the dude is so slim and like small. Like I really, and he was reading routes really. I, I, I'm sure you guys saw that viral highlight of him, you know, uh, running the same exact route as the wide receiver and getting the the he literally looked like the wide receiver and the the wide receiver looked like the DB is kind of like he did, he did his film obviously he knew exactly where the, where that ball was going and um so i think for that the, that reason they're going to put him on our best route runner and of course we all know that's Jerry Judy so i don't i don't think they're going to be you know silly and put him on Cortland Sun. and Cortland Sun could you know own him all game and he might even be the player of the game if they do that but um, i think Forbes is going to be matched up against Judy but i just think the rookie I don't think he's ready for Jerry Judy one of the best route runners in the NFL um, He wasn't obviously up against much competition in the Cardinals receiving core not much, many much talent over there um, Sorry besides Marquise Brown who I really don't even think highly of either so um, I think Emmanuel Forbes I don't think he's ready for the test of Jerry Judy and I think as long as the Broncos can literally force the ball to Jerry Judy to, You know run plays that are designed specifically for him I um, I think I think he's gonna be really uh I think he's gonna be a really big part of why we win this game. Um I think uh the, the commanders might throw Kendall Fuller at Judy just because he's a more experienced corner and Judy's a really tough test. Um, but you know, he, he shouldn't be taken lightly. I think he uh he only allowed 35 receiving yards per game in 2022. So he's still a solid corner, even though he's getting a little bit up there in age. But um I think they're gonna have mainly Forbes on Judy, and I think the Broncos can exploit that on you know every other down.
1: Yeah, the Commanders run a lot of uh, cover one robber. They run a lot of man-to-man coverage. And to, if I'm being quite frank, I don't think no one can cover Jerry Judy on that roster. There's not a lot of people that can cover him, period. But especially on that Commanders roster, I don't think no one can cover him. So I think Jerry Judy's in for a big game, especially against a team that pays a uh, man-to-man fair share of the game.
0: Yeah, and then my very last key to victory is protect Russ. I mean, I talked about the commander's defensive line, a really, really talented unit, one of the best in the NFL. And um, the O-line had a great week one uh, going up against one of their toughest matchups of uh, of the season against the uh, the Washington um, defensive line um commander sacked uh josh Dobbs three times forced two fumbles along with many pressures um you know and to make matters worse like i said chase um, chase young is making his nfl debut not nfl debut but season debut on sunday so their defensive line is really good um obviously those two fumbles three sacks a whole bunch of pressures um they got to uh josh jobs a lot in that game um i think they could potentially do the same to the broncos but Like I said, the Broncos had a great start week one with the offensive line. I think they could keep that up this week. Um, And that's one of my biggest keys to victory is protecting Russ. And as long as we could do that, um, I think we could easily beat this commander's team.
1: Yeah, this offensive line is going to have to contain uh, those those rushers uh, coming after Russ. I know Jonathan Allen had a terrific game uh, last game against the Cardinals. I know Montez Sweat even had a great game. Payne did not have a great game for them. He kind of struggled a bit. Darren Payne. But he's still, you know, first-round selection in 2018. So the, you cannot sleep on I mean, that defensive line is just a bunch of monsters. So this is a good test for this offensive line.
0: I think Javante said in an interview they've invested, like, four uh, first-round picks in this defensive line, yeah. all first-round picks. That's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, so the offensive line will have their hands full. I thought they played a solid game against the Raiders, but they will for sure be up. Against the test against this uh, commander's d line.
0: So what are your uh, thinking about how the Broncos can win this game? What are some of your uh, keys to victory um if I didn't steal any of yours?
1: And no, I mean, I like that you your keys to victories were, were more matchup oriented because mine is more actually team oriented. So my two like keys it. to victory is uh, controlling the middle eight and controlling the middle eight, I'll explain. Bill Parcells, who Champagne learned a lot under, always talked about controlling the middle eight, which is the last four minutes of the first half, of the first half, and the first four minutes of the second half. So the middle eight there, the Broncos need to control. Last week, oh they had a touchdown to end the first half, but coming out of the second half, they did not have a great uh, first four minutes, which ended up costing them the whole second half and not having a great second half. So having a great middle eight. Really emphasizing that time period throughout the whole game is a must. Sean Payne already knows that, so I don't have to tell him. So he learned that under his guy, Bill Parcells. So middle eight, very crucial in this game. They have to dominate in the middle eight. And then another key to victory, in my opinion, is I wrote about it in Predominantly Orange, is getting first downs on early downs. The best way to convert a third down is to avoid them. Try to pick up as many first down on early downs. The Broncos did a good job of it last game. The offense was pretty efficient last game. I think they should do the same. Early down success is going to lead with offense success, and I think Champagne knows that. That should be emphasized even more, especially against his great defense and his great defensive line. So early down first downs are key, and that middle eight is very key for the Broncos winning this game.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, as a Denver, I immediately started thinking about my Denver Nuggets. They always struggled in that uh, that kind of portion after you know the first half and then uh, the second half as well. I mean, you really got to pick up momentum. You can't like wait till the last minute to kind of get a last minute rush and try to win the game that way. Obviously, great teams finish games well, but I think you could set yourself up in a much better position uh, if you're able to you know take advantage of you know. All sixty minutes, rather than all sixty minutes, rather than just like the last few. Um, I think uh, the Broncos. They, there was some stat out there that they averaged like the third most points per drive uh, in Week One, so um, they're a pr- really efficient offense, but they're just lacking those big explosive plays. But uh, you made a really good point.
1: Yeah, again, just <laughs> that middle age is, is crucial. Not a lot of coaches really emphasize it. Not a lot of even coaches even think about it. But learning. By reading these books from Michael Lombardi and learning from Bill Parcells, who's now also Champagne lineage, so I can kind of see what Champagne is trying to implement. I just thought, you know, that was a very noteworthy uh, take. So I might as well bring it here at the Broncos Avenue and just say that's one of my keys to victory. That middle eight is crucial, and Champagne knows that because of Bill Parcells.
0: Awesome, love it. So let's go ahead and start jumping into our offensive and defensive player of the game predictions. So offensive player of the game. Um, who are you predicting to have a great game? I already, I think I have a pretty good idea of who we you're going to go yeah, ahead and pick. Well,
1: I'm looking at these lineups and I'm trying to look at the matchups. What can be exploited? What cannot? And again, I can. I just have to tell you, I don't think no one can cover that man on that side of the ball. I just think, and I do think Sean Payton knows what he has in Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy finally has an offensive guy that we can all trust, in Sean Payton. I think he starts off the season with a bang, over 100 yards. I would even say he gets a tud. I think he's the offensive player of the game.
0: Love it. Yeah, I had the exact same player down, Jerry Judy. Uh, he only had four catches, 39 yards in his last game versus the Commanders, but he's just a much more dynamic player now. Um, he was used really, uh, utilized really, really well towards the end of last season with those last five games, uh, and that was under you know uh, Jerry Rosberg and. Um, Justin and So now how he's going to be with Sean Payton, I'm expecting him to have an incredible game. Um, if you have him in fantasy, star him. I yes. think this is a really good matchup. The commander's secondary though, they're a really talented unit. But like Jordan said, I think with the defense defensive scheme that they're running, I just feel like he's going to expose all that man coverage. He's so good against man coverage. So I think uh, this is going to be an easy target for Russell Wilson. I think it should be his first read on every passing, every time he drops back. Um, yes. I think he's going to have a great, great game. Remember his last game he had 193 scrimmage yards against the Chargers so he's got the momentum right now and he also had three touchdowns like against the Chiefs a few weeks before that so i'm i'm just really excited man i'm just the biggest thing with judy is like please stay healthy i know he's going to get a if yes, he's getting please. so much please. if he's he's getting so much volume in this offense that like i don't want him to get overwhelmed and get hurt on like any of these plays so knock on wood praying Football gods, please keep our number one player, Jerry Judy, take healthy. Me instead. <laughs> take Jordan's ACL. I don't care.
1: Yes, take me instead, please, for the love of God. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness! I yeah, I think we can both agree he's uh he's, he's a very easy pick for offensive player of the game, and um, I'm expecting a huge game from him. I already see a lot of Broncos fans, or I saw someone post on Twitter the screenshot of uh, Demaryius Thomas's eight reception, 226 yard game. They're like this is Jerry Judy Sunday. Like I think we all know what's about to come oh, with Jerry I can't Judy. Wait. So oh, I can't yeah, wait. I can't wait. So excited, man! Um, defensive player of the game. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and start off with this one. I'm gonna go ahead and pick a guy who did not get much pressure at all last week on the defensive line. I'm going with Jonathan Cooper. And here's why. I think Dennis Gardick last week, two sacks against the uh, at the strong side strong side linebacker position on right tackle, Andrew Wiley of the Commanders. Guess who also plays strong side linebacker for the Denver Broncos? Jonathan Cooper. And guess who's out of this game, Frank Clark. So who who's getting more playing time? Jonathan Cooper. So I feel like this is a, this is a fairly easy pick. I think he's gonna bounce back. I think Andrew Wiley is overrated. I don't I don't think a lot of people like highly rate him, but I just feel like he's not a good you know good right tackle. I think Jonathan Cooper is gonna get you know he's gonna have that game where a lot of Broncos fans are like, okay, this is why the Broncos and Vance Joseph had him starting over Frank Clark in the uh, in the first place. I'm expecting a big game from him. He's got to bounce back from last week. Not only just him, but the whole pass rush. But um, this commander's O-line is looking not too great. Um, The Cardinals actually had six sacks last week on this commander's uh, O-line. So not a good O-line. I thought they were a pretty solid unit going into the season, but does not appear so. Um, I think the Broncos this week are going to get some pass rush. I think Broncos fans should probably, um, you know, let that uh, you know sigh out of relief, and they're going to you know see some pass rush this week. I think you're going to see some pressures. I think the Broncos get like three sacks this week, and I think Jonathan Cooper might have a one-and-a-half or maybe two of them.
1: So it looks like we are on the same wavelength, but Ooh. I did not pick Jonathan Cooper. I picked someone else on that D-line to get a uh, defensive player of the game for me. I was looking at these matchups, and I think that interior line for Washington is going to get exposed, and I think the one to do that is going to be the man himself, Zach Allen. I think he makes Ooh. his – finally, like, his explosive plays that he did in Arizona. I think he breaks it to Denver finally after not having a great game up to the standards against the Raiders. I think he breaks out uh, on Sunday versus the Commanders. I think he disrupts that interior uh, offensive line of the Commanders, and I think he has one hell of a game.
0: I love that. I love that. I think we can all – um yeah, I think we would all love to see Zach Allen ball out. Obviously, we would love to see any pass rusher on this defensive line yes, ball out after last week. We need something. We need some pass rush. And I really do believe that this is going to be the week where they kind of um not explode, but they're going to, like I said, I think they'll have like three sacks and a handful of pressures. This commander's O-line is not good. If the, if the Cardinals pass rush got home six times, I think the Broncos pass rush can at least get home three times. Um, I think they're going to get some uh, good pass rush. And like I said earlier in this episode, um, just contain um, Sam Howe. And then like you said, you know, if you can get the pressure on him, um, he's not a good quarterback under pressure. His numbers are not uh, too pretty, especially in you know, this, his first few st- uh, starts. So um, I'm excited about those matchups. I think the Broncos can expose them. So uh, to cap off the episode, who do you have winning this game between the Broncos and the Commanders and by what score?
1: So I have... Whenever I was thinking about the score, I always have the score just sticking out to my head. But when I'm Same. trying to play in my Same. head, I don't know how the numbers are going to get to where it's at. Just because it's a funky number, especially for the Broncos side. But whenever I'm thinking about the score, I'm thinking Broncos 25 and Commander 16. I have a feeling the Broncos are somehow going to get 25 points. I'm trying to do the math, and it's not really adding up. But it, that number sticks out for, sticks out to me for some reason. So I got them winning 25-16. I think a lot of people in Broncos country is finally going to take a deep breath after the game and finally settle in as Sean, B- Sean Payne gets his first W and having some momentum coming into Miami as I can see my guys play in person with my guy Mario Vitanze. So please, twenty five sixteen. I think the Broncos win, get the first win of the season.
0: Yeah, score predictions are score predictions. You can't really justify, like, you know, why you came to that assumption. Usually just a thing that pops in your head. That's honestly how I am with all my predictions. Like, I do a weekly pick em league, and then I, whenever I, I don't really think too much about it, just whatever really, you know, feels right to me and whatever, you know, is the first gut feeling, it's a, it's a score prediction. And I also have kind of a weird score prediction. I'm going with 22 to 14 Broncos. I think the Broncos also win um, by, uh, or you have a two possession win. Um, so I have the Broncos winning. Um, by just one possession eight points i see the broncos winning 22 to 14 i don't see the commanders getting over 14 i don't see them doing much against our defense i think our defense is due for a big bounce back game this week they may give up some passing touchdowns but i don't think they're going to give up much to that running game i'm not super high on brian robinson so um, that's kind of my take on their offense but yeah that is going to be it for today's episode i hope you guys enjoyed um everything from our keys to victory um players to watch um, and then are obviously our predictions of defensive, offensive player of the game, the score predictions. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. Please help us get to a two K subs and make sure as always. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, uh, turning on notifications you know, helps out greatly. So you're always here first to the uh, the episode premiere, and you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. But always, please, like I always say, comment for the algorithm. Please let us know your thoughts. What are your score predictions? Um, on the ne- on the next episode, we will be shouting out the closest score prediction um, to this game. So let's see who goes who goes ahead and gets uh, the closest score. We'll also be giving you a shout out on all my other socials. So uh, please comment your uh, through feedback. We we'll always love reading your comments. But as always. Um, and if you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple podcast, make sure you guys follow, leave a five-star rating over there as well. Um, but like I said, with that being said, um, I'm your host, Amir with my co-host Jordan Lopez until the next episode, when the Diver Broncos beat the, uh, Washington commanders, uh, I'll catch up with you guys and peace out everybody. Peace.